All right, welcome to the House of Power for Friday, September 9th. Uh, this is going to be a weekly podcast, maybe sometimes bi-weekly, where we're going to tell you some information about our grade level and what we're doing this this uh, this year. Uh, we want to start off with some reminders for the parents and for our students um, that we need the beginning of the year paperwork. If you haven't turned this in, please consult with your child. Ask them where it is. It's probably in their book bag somewhere. Um, we do need that completed. Um, pay close attention to if there's a backside so they can fill it out completely and then we won't have to send it home for a second time. Um, cell phones are to be powered off and in the student's book bag. It's a see it, take it policy for our school. So if we see it in a pocket, we see it out of the book bag. Um, first offense, we're going to take it. Uh, the teacher will retain it, give them back to them at the end of the year and end of the year, end of the day. Um, second offense, it goes to the office. The student can come get it at the end of the day. And the third offense, uh, it goes to the office and the uh, guardian or parent has to come sign for it to get it back. And then the fourth offense, it will be banned from the campus. So speak with your students or uh, students, if you're listening, take heed of the consequences that will happen and keep your cell phones in your book bags. Lanyards, we're starting to be more strict with the lanyards. Every student must have a lanyard uh, with something in the pouch, um, preferably their lunch card, because they do need to have their lunch card every day to go through the lunch line. This is a requirement. If we, if, if if it's not there, then the student can face uh, disciplinary action for that. Um, we will begin missing work phone calls beginning on Friday, September the 16th. We'll send out a call to all students who are missing more than one assignment. That's more than one assignment. So if they're missing one, we're not gonna send out a call. Uh, we would encourage all of our parents to get into power school and look and see uh, and what's due and if you have any problems with that um, contact us some important dates to remember Friday September 16th our first interim reports go home we're gonna have a school dance from 3 to 5 Thursday September 22nd is our early release day at 1150 Tuesday October 1st is fall pictures October 7th which is a Friday will be uh, another interim report and um, you know, that's about as many days as I can remember at one time. So uh, we have uh, with us today several of our staff members, um, none more important nor more beautiful than Mr. Irvin. I, uh, I co-teach with him. He is part of the social studies uh, team this year. And uh, really it, 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 well, it warms my soul. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're like chicken soup on a in on December. A yeah, on a rainy wow. December day. Wow. Uh, Mr. Irvin, tell us what's going on in your life. Man, there's a lot that's been going on. So I hate that I missed last week. I got to say, you know, hey, but that was about it. Um, but it was an eventful summer. Um, got to fish a lot. You know, kind of took it. Notice the order that this is in. Yeah, well, I was, I was gonna, gonna build up. I was gonna build up to it. Um, I got engaged. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, there's the applause. Yeah, to um, <laughs> to my girlfriend of nine years. You know you're breaking hearts all over the. I know yeah. it's tough. All over the campus. <laughs> it's tough. Nine years. We've been together nine years. Um, so you started when you were like eleven. I'm not that young. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, no, we, fourteen no. then, right? Yeah. Okay. I, think so. I was fourteen. She was thirteen. I think. So you so met she, in middle school. It was the summer. So it was summer going into ninth grade. Wow, that's yeah. admirable. Wow. Yeah, it is. So, you know, it's one of those things like, I don't know, you stay together for two, three years throughout high school, you kind of grow up together and then you start, you know, putting stuff into perspective and prioritize and one thing led to another. So it's been fun. It's been a great ride. She's a, she's a PA student at East Carolina. So um, she's, she's does, enjoying it. Does she have a problem when she sees you um, playing lawnmower simulator. Does she, she question does, her nope. choices at that time? <laughs> nope. She actually doesn't know I play that, but uh, thank no, you. No, 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 no. It was your idea. It was no, your, it was my idea. <laughs> you started that. Um, so you started this, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh you know, two to three yards a day. Uh, yeah, not, not at all. <laughs> it's when you do it for three or four hours that your wife <laughs> will try to question what is going on? In yeah. Well, I'm mowing the lawn. No, you're not. You're, no, you're not. Your grass yeah. is four inches high outside. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you also have uh, a thing going on with the Jacksonville Cardinals football team. Yeah. Tell us about that. Um, so I've I've been so I went to Jacksonville. I played under Coach Bo and Chip Williams, and um, I just I, I bought into what they think um, and what they how they coach. Their, their concepts, um, and I was lucky enough to be asked to, to help coach as an assistant the wideouts. This is my second kind of full year, real year, helping coach that. And um, last year we went to the Eastern Regional Final, um, the Eastern Final, and uh, unfortunately we lost to a great team, JH Rose. Um, and they actually pay you. Yes, they actually yes, yeah, they do. Okay, that's that's an important distinction because now you're. A professional. Not, oh, now I'm a professional. It's not. It's not just volunteer. Right. Right. Yeah, right. Now you're exactly. professional. Yeah. You have a coaching career. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I coach here. Coach baseball. Here. Yes. We did pretty good last year. Yes. Yes. Decent. You yeah. did good. And you, you just don't do uh, stuff with varsity. You do stuff with JV as well too, right? Yeah. JV. Yep. I'll help them out when I can. I mean, our JV team has 80 kids on it, so it's unreal. Um, wow. A ton from eighth graders from last year, so it's cool to see them out. And uh, buying into the program, and they're they're solid. They won last night, forty-eight zero, and they were undefeated last year. So yeah, when you got nice. numbers like that, it's hard not to be stacked it's at every position, unbelievable across the board, and it's exciting. Yeah, it's good, good, good for our communities. Yeah, yeah, it's no doubt. And I mean, the the people that go to the JV games are, I mean, this, our stands are. I gotta get out there. They're they're pretty packed for a JV game. Yeah, we went. Brady and I went. Thursdays ago, yeah. The first year, it's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so this is a question for all of us, for right. all of you. Um, our culture of our school is changing, and when these sixth graders, last year's sixth graders, came up, um, they had a, a particular reputation. Mm -hmm. I have found uh, in my classroom and in just seeing the other kids in the hallway that um, once we provided them some structure, um, we have changed 
the culture of the school and these kids who had a certain reputation as not being um, so good are um, are terrific. They are they're, smart. They're this is a, I love, I love so this group of kids. They're awesome. They, they are, and I've definitely t- noticed, you know, with us being in the hallway with some of the sixth graders last year, um, and, you know, like you said, knowing their rep- reputation from last year, I even made a comment today. I was like, wow, this student is just amazing. I've had no issues. He's He is amazing. He's been doing all his work, and they're like, yeah, I don't understand what the big issue was last year, but it's just amazing with us showing them how we're structured as a whole team has made them realize, okay, I can actually kind of be myself and I don't feel like I'm getting judged or reprimanded for it, but they also know their limits at this point already. Right. So I'll almost kind of build on what you said and what you said, Mr. Ferry, as far as the culture change. Definitely, I, I think that, you know, there, there was definitely more structures put in place with them, with our grade level. Um, but it's also been a mindset shift by the kids as well. They are seeing uh, that they can be successful and they are being successful right away. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're building solid relationships, not just with, the, with one another, but also with the teachers that they have in class or don't have in class that just happen to be on the hallway. And it's made a, a huge difference. Greeting the kids in the morning, they're they're smiling, coming down the hall, they, they're having fun. And you see the same thing at the end of the day. It is consistency across the board when it comes to, I think everybody just feeling welcome and ready to come here and learn and have a little bit of fun. Yeah, with uh, with our new matrix of, of uh, Dolphin Power and the, the the creed that we have that we the, the kids at you know um they really are into it they love to hear dolphin power dolphin power they yeah and then um uh with our calling our our building the house of power they they seem to enjoy that as well um mr it's electric we are the house of power yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and i you you can thank me for uh, yeah. that <laughs> Um, Mr. Irvin, you're, you, this is your second year. How is it different than your first? Um, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's different. Um, it, I've been blessed to have similar team members, which was nice. Um, I feel like it had been a little harder transitioning into my second year if I didn't have, you know, you guys. So right. that's been a huge deal. Um, just the emphasis of like reflecting back on the first 10 days of school last year um, and how I conducted, you know, greeting them at the door, um, you know, building that structure. I had, there was no structure last year. Not at all. You know, I felt like I had, like I wasn't really getting walked over by the kids, like disrespect wise, but, you know, coming in, I feel like they weren't confident in the procedures and like how to, how to do school just because they'd been out for so long. Um, So I think we started to build that, that routine back and having awesome mentors like you, Mr. Farney. And like Quit having Mr. Reed. Yeah, I'm wait, not no, giving you any real. money. For Quit real. I have great mentor. Cause, so Mr. Reed was my student teacher when I was my student mentor, student teaching mentor. Um, 
two years ago, and to come back on a team with him has been has helped it's been too. Fun. It has been fun. It's so a it's a huge change for us to come to work when we don't have to yeah. worry about infighting among ourselves, and yeah. that our team is unified, and we help each other, and we support each other. Um, it's been a it's been great. Yeah. It really yeah. has. And and I can definitely vouch for that because. I mean, Farney and Irvin absolutely know how my year was last year, and I dreaded coming to work every day last year, and this year it's like I'm showing up early, and I'm always on time. It's just a huge difference in my, my energy level with this whole team dynamic. I have, in my four years teaching, I have not had a team as awesome as we are now. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it just makes such a, big a huge difference. difference. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's because like we've bought into that power. Yeah. We've, and like, we've all bought into yeah. it and we all support each other. Yep. We and, all lean on each other. And right. one thing is like, you know, some people will think that kind of stuff's cheesy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just to do something and to try and get people excited. But I mean, like the cheesy stuff, when you start to do it, for a long time, a long period of time, it ends up being meaningful. Yeah. Um, Especially when you dig deep into it. And yeah. You really think about what each letter of the acronym yeah. or means purpose. That that applies to our students, that applies to us, that applies yeah. to hey, I mean, hey, it goes global. It goes well beyond yeah. the, the classroom as far as what you're trying to do. Because yeah. I mean and then it just all kind of dominoes. Because like, obviously we had ownership and we have to have a purpose just to be here. Yeah. So I mean we as staff members and teachers automatically are buying into our power acronym and it helps it helps boost us yeah we're starting with it because we have a purpose to be here besides the fact that oh it's just our job not we are not here just because it's a job and you know i know a lot of people always say i'm not here for the money obviously but we are here for a purpose and for a reason. Yeah, and you'll hear when we have when we welcome in uh, Mr. Johnson and Mr. Moore in just a minute. You'll hear that they speak on, and they'll speak on this more about it. We only have about a minute or two left. Um, you did mention the word cheesy, and so <laughs> you know now we have to talk about your mustache. <laughs> and I, I want you to. I want you to look at Mr. Reed. There's a real mustache. That's a whole right. beard. It just keeps going all the way. All the That's way. not yeah. even a mustache. That's a whole beard. You well, can't compare. Well, just look at the mustache. If he, this is if he cut the beard. I shaved yesterday morning. Yeah, yeah. I had a student ask. No, not really. So mm-hmm. I, I shaved. Yes, I shaved everything except the mustache. It's not a good one. I didn't say it was a good one. No, it is a good okay. one. No, it's not. No, it's, it's a not. great it's one. It's called the Top Gun movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll let you borrow my aviators Why? later. I've got aviators. Thank Why? You. Have you thought about coloring it to match your eyebrows? Like using, like what you use It matches hair? his hair. I don't, no, one, I don't color my hair. Two, <gasps> oh. when I had a mustache, did I had handlebar. It? Yeah, I did, until really? the, because they make this he poor legit, mustache. His mustache came all the way I've down. I've seen yeah, the And it was white on the bottom. It was horrible. And I colored it, but the color, they say it will bother some faces. It definitely bothered mine, so I had no choice. Jeez. I, I, I don't like a mustache because it just itches too much, and I find myself 
playing with my tongue with the hair too much. Ew. I have caught myself doing that. That's and that's just mentioned. weird when you're, at, you know, <laughs> no. no one wants to see that. But my Be beard. This is a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you don't want to see what we're looking at. Um, my beard gets really itchy. Like my mustache yeah, I doesn't. Can't stand like it. if I'm laying on a pillow, it'll it'll itch, and I just can't. I'm not about it. So I went with the stash. Okay, well, because I've been told don't shave at all. So. Dude, this one, bro. This yeah. just took a bit. Wow. So that was your girlfriend or your fiance you who go. told you don't shave it off. Don't like in like clean shaven. Do you have a, a limit to where how far the hair can go down on your lip? Where I, when I can't touch it with my tongue, that's the limit. <laughs> I'm not even sure that makes yeah, any sense. But, like, I mean, I can't, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's what we have for the House of Power today. We will have Mr. Moore and Mr. Johnson join us in just a second. Uh, we look forward to this every week, and we will see you next week in the House of Power. All right, for this next segment, we welcome into the House of Power two of my favorite people at the school. Um, don't make that face, Johnson. We don't need any of that. <laughs> Come on, uh, House of Power? Yeah, that's yeah, like the that seventh grade is the House of Power. I love yeah. that. Um, Mr. Johnson and Mr. Moore are rock-solid parts of our school. Mr. Johnson and Mr. Moore teach Encore. I'll let them tell you what they teach because embarrassingly enough, I couldn't tell you myself. <laughs> um, but uh, they are uh, a centerpiece of uh, a group called Gentlemen of Quality. And uh, these are two definite gentlemen of quality here. Um, Appreciate that. And they are, they are an important part of our school. So I'll let you introduce yourself, Mr. Johnson, first. Got you, got you, got you. It's the intro for me. <laughs> uh, so I'm Mr. Johnson, Mr. Rodney Johnson. I have been teaching. This is my seventh year. Um, we both are CTE teachers, career technical education teachers. So I teach exploring business, exploring uh, entrepreneurship, leadership, uh, economics, and digital literacy. And you're not going to tell people you were teacher of the year. Was oh. it two years ago? Yes. Yeah. Two years yeah, ago. Yeah, this is Onslow County's teacher of the year two years ago. Yes, yes, um, yes. How long have you been running GQ? So um, this is since I became a teacher. We started uh, in October 2016. And basically it is to reach the students that need and actually have shown themselves um, capable of doing better, but they choose not to. So they need that extra family inside the school to push them to go beyond the status quo. And that family would be you and Mr. Moore. Yep. And the rest of your fellow teachers when they choose to participate with you, right? Yes. Okay, yes, so yes. let's get Mr. Moore introduced before we move on to some heavier subjects. Mr. Moore, <laughs> would you tell us about yourself? First of all, let's say Mr. Moore was with us a while back and then he chose to try another <laughs> path. Um, but we are so glad that you came back in the middle of last year things turned around and you were one of the because main forces here. here. I appreciate that. Yep. Uh, technically, um, fourth year in education, or really fifth. I started off as an ECTA, spent one year, one and a half years as a TA uh, after I decided maybe I want to pursue another option. Glad I came back, the door opened. Um, CTE as well. I teach one coding class, entrepreneurship class, business activities, 
and exploring careers and personal character. How do you remember all that? Um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, love love teaching CTE. So, um, as two African American teachers, male teachers in our profession, speak to that. Speak to what it's what the value is of that. Um, for for me, I see you guys as as extra valuable because. A lot of our African-American students need to see role models that look like them. Can you speak to that? Um, representation matters. And I probably didn't understand it until I actually got into the classroom, um, how much representation matter. I never forget, and I tell this story all the time. You know me, I like to wear a collar shirt, shirt and tie, suits. I wore a suit one day. Girl comes up to me and is like, hey, uh, Mr. Moore, why are, you, why are you so dressed up? She's like, you going to court or something? <laughs> and it's crazy that her mind didn't go to church. It didn't go to business world. It went to court. And I'm thinking maybe she thinks that I look like a lawyer. And I never forget we was talking to Miss Garland and she was like, no, because most of the time in our demographic, the only time they see men dress up is when they have to go to court. Absolutely. Right. They have to go to court. Absolutely. And I was like, man, you know, we got to change that. Um, but representation matter in the sense of, you know, people want to see images, whether television, whether books, and even in real life, they want to see images that look like them, right? that reflect them. The world has such a big push towards diversity and all of that. And I feel like one of the biggest places that needs to be seen is in the classroom, you know, because after college, if they decide to go to college, they won't be in those type of contexts ever again. Well, they're one amongst 20, 30 other people, and they can look to the left, to the right, or now in front of them and say, hey, I knew what it's like to have a black teacher. So, Mr. Johnson, you speak to this as well. I think it bridges the gap because a lot of times um, when we're growing up, you want to be this, you want to be that, but we just expect them to be it. We don't have people to walk with them through the process. Absolutely. And we do get those people. And a lot of times those people are predominantly females. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but a lot of our black male students or students of color are being raised just by females. Right. So they never know what male leadership looks like, male structure looks like, or male discipline looks like. And I feel like with black males or men of color inside the classroom it allows them to see the gentle side of a male mm -hmm. um the nurturing, the the nurturing side yeah. of that i got you back we can get this because a lot of times a lot of males feel like especially at this age that they 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 got to do it themselves so it allows me me being in the classroom allows them to understand that no it's possible not just to get there but it's possible to flourish while getting there. The journey is possible, right. if that makes sense. And I mean, just think about it. You ask the average young black boy, you know what? At this point, anybody, that, what is that. their idea of a successful black man? Their, their mind is going to go two places, an athlete or a musician, Thanks. rapper or something right. like that. Right. You know, businessmen, entrepreneurs, you know, that does not come to their mind. And even teachers. And I understand, you know, we 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 joke. Well, it's not a joke. You know, teachers don't get paid enough. So they don't look as teaching as a profession that leads to success. And, and you say that. But when you look at the jobs in Onslow County, especially down east North Carolina, where the income levels are not high, we are paid better than the average mm -hmm. Onslow County pay. So this is a job that people can aspire to. And we kind of need to stop taking that 
we don't get paid. We do. And we got a lot of benefits to being. We get to touch minds and and uh, and attitudes a lot. So when you started, you say you started GQ your first year. Yes. How did that come about? So when I got the job, our principal then was really concerned. She sat down in our uh, meeting and she was like, I just want to be honest with you. At that time, I was the only black male on campus. Okay. Black male teacher, black teacher, period. Um, we had an AP that was black, but at that time- I was You were like, the only black teacher at that time? Yes. Um, so she was like, I'm concerned about my black male students. And she said, when I go home at night, I'm thinking about them. And she was like, no disrespect by it, but she said, I just need somebody that can meet that need. And originally she had a mentor group that was already set, but it was like intertwined with running and doing other things. And I knew the demographic that she wanted to reach was not interested in that or a North could they stay after school. So we started it as just a meet meetup for the first five minutes. And the goal wasn't just boys of color, but it was also young men that just needed an extra push. Right. And we started off with five to 10 minutes before homeroom. And then the next year we started with a homeroom, which was like still 10 to 20 minutes. And then after that, which was like my third year, um, was our very first enrichment class. And that was the first time I've had 20 students in one. And since then it's grown to um, last year for like the last three years, it's been a 50 minute class. And then this year, it's another 50-minute class, but it's homeroom enrichment. Right. So it's it's developed, and I feel like it's made its impact, which has given, opened the doors for us to actually be a class. Right. So um, I'm really grateful for that. Was When you first started off, was there a stigmatism to being in GQ? Was that something that the boys didn't want to be part of, whereas now it seems like they're fighting for a position? So the crazy thing is, when it first started, no because they had no idea what it was. Right. They were very excited to be seen because a lot of the teachers then, um, which are not the same ones now, uh, were not understanding the culture of the students. These boys were getting kicked out every day. And a lot of times it wasn't their fault. It was another students, but the way that they reacted, they weren't being understood. Right. So they were glad to be seen. They were glad to be heard. Now, over the first two years, I even had teachers thinking that, oh, it's just the black students or it's just the trouble students. Right. And then the other students around, yes, I had students that got in trouble, but those weren't the only students because as I learned about mentoring, one, you just can't have a whole bunch of quote unquote bad students or trouble students in the class. That's a setup for failure. Yes, They got to have somebody to look up to in the room. Somebody has to, they got to learn from somebody in the room outside of the teacher. So like iron sharpening iron type of thing. But also what I learned is everybody in the school needs a mentor. Absolutely. Like, front, Absolutely. Regardless of what demographic you come from, a mentor can help anybody. Right. So that's where we kind of made sure, I think over the last couple of years that we made it known that mentorship is just not for the the needy. Everybody's needy at this point. Like everybody has a need that needs to be met. And we tried to make sure that there was diversity in this group because I feel like we didn't want to miss those that are seen all the time that still have needs. Right. So we wanted to make sure that gentleman equality addresses everybody. And we're going to come back and talk about the culture gotcha. in, a, in a second. I want to find out from Mr. Moore, how many years have you been with GQ now? Uh, four. So you were four. doing it from the very get-go um, when you came here. here. Yeah, my first year here, uh, Garland was like, hey, if you want to step in from time to time, help. The second year, 
we tried something that hadn't been tried. And that was, yeah. That was, <laughs> and that was an experience. Uh, we did seventh grade GQ. Uh, right. Typically, it's only eighth grade. We did seventh grade GQ. And uh, started off good. Then it got into some seventh grade as a whole that year was just. Yeah, I think that was my first year at the park. Yeah, that seventh grade as a whole that year. That was the year where she split the building in half. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that was because yes. seventh grade was so. Yes. It was so wild. So we went from meeting every day to um because that was when we had the period at the end of the day. What do we call it? Um, was it in Richmond? Then? I think, yeah, a rich yeah, man in the day because we used to do Fantastic Fridays yeah. on Fridays. Right. Yeah. Um, then she was like, hey, how about we narrow it down to once a week? So we started doing once a week. But it still was a, a good chance to cultivate them because they still needed to be seen. They still need to be seen. And 90 percent of those boys went on to be eighth GQ grade. in eighth grade. And so a standard had already been set. Yeah. Yeah. What he means by we just had seventh grade. We had se uh, two groups at the same time. Yes. Seventh and eighth grade. So he would have an eighth grade group of boys in GQ. Yeah. And I would have a seventh grade. He boys stuck you with a seventh grade. <laughs> I mean, you know, okay. somebody had to do it. But it was uh, it was good. And I think. I probably learned more about me in that time. I probably learned more from them than they learned from me um, because mentorship is like, it's not for the faint of heart. No. Because when you think of a mentor, you think about one person who is mentoring people with the same goal. Like if you had, you wanted a mentor when it came to business, everybody who he mentors has business on their mind. When you, these boys in GQ, one is just trying to, hey, if I could get a C or higher in the class, one has social emotional needs, mm. you know what I mean? One needs to be helped with this anger issue. And you as a mentor, you gotta be all things to all men. Like in right. that hour that you have them, you know, you're meeting a diversity of needs. It can be very, it is exhausting, you know, very. like very exhausting, but it was rewarding at the same time. Right, right. So GQ literally changes culture in our school. And um, with the addition of our new administration, our our culture is changing from what it used to be. Absolutely. Um, and we're not only are we more inclusive, but we're more thoughtful about how we discipline and and how we go about um, that whole aspect of of interacting with the kids. Speak to me about how you and you um, affect culture in this in the school through GQ and outside of GQ, because um, the two of you are um, very impactful to the rest of the staff. Uh, I feel like our staff, um, they watch you. Um, not like I watch you because I watch you differently, but um, <laughs> oh we, we won't even get into that. Um, but how, yeah, how do, how do you, how is our culture changing? How is it? How have you changed it? So I feel like when I first became a teacher, I wanted to become, um, before I even had the mentoring opportunity, I wanted to be a mentor teacher, meaning that I just wasn't a teacher. I wanted you to understand that once you become in my class, your name is on the roster, your last name changes to Hyphen Johnson. Not saying I want to be your dad, not saying I want to be in control, but what I am saying is I want you to feel like family. And that has been one thing that has never changed with my teaching. I, I literally tell kids every day that as I correct you in here, I'll correct you outside my classroom. As I celebrate you in here, I'll jump on somebody else's tables and celebrate you in someone else's. I just wanted folks to understand that they had a place to belong, to, to feel like they were seen, they were heard, and they have, they have a contribution to give inside the classroom. You have ownership, you have rights to my classroom. 
you're just you just don't have a seat. And that's been very successful for you, right? Yes, yes, um, yes. Um, I feel it, that family culture. Yeah, kids want to belong. Yeah, and they either gonna belong to the and wrong they want group, structure and, and, and yeah. they do absolutely. And the eight hours that we have them is probably the most structured that they get. They get home, they might not have this this same structure. Um, but going back to belonging, kids want to belong to a group. You know, um, uh, how did uh, what was the research done that Cruz has just presented? They want a adult outside of their family. Mm -hmm. I forgot how he worded it. Yeah. Now they, you're gonna put us on the spot. Like, no. <laughs> how do, what if you're they listening to this? Yeah, yeah right. He want know. they we have do to, know. They want they need a relationship with a trusted adult who does not belong right. to their family. Right. Right. And then the second one being faith. Um, and I feel like we offered that. For me, for me, for me, I'm all for structures. I'm all for I'm all for routines, but relationships are big with Absolutely. me. Absolutely. I use relationships to leverage every other aspect. You know what I mean? I take time to learn kids' names. I try to greet them all by name. You know, I develop these relationships where I might be able to say certain things to certain kids that other teachers can't say. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I'm okay with that. You know, it's just I, I go out of my way to let kids know, hey, I'm in your corner. You belong here. You take up space. You're valuable. And I want you in my classroom. You know what I mean? And and I feel like once you lay that groundwork, kids start to buy into that eventually. I feel, I feel like in, in talking to kids, they recognize just how smooth you are. You talking um, to me? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, Mr. Johnson is smooth. But yeah. like the first time I saw Mr. Johnson, I had just come to the school. <laughs> I was in, in Duplin County and I walked by his room and, and he's up on a desk. <laughs> And, you know, I'm old, I'm thinking if that's me, my knees are buckling on and I'm on the ground. Um, and still to this day, you have so much energy in the classroom. Crazy. It's energy. it's inspirational. Crazy energy. Um, I do that for, and one of the reasons why I do that, a lot of people are like, you're doing the most, but how far, my mindset is how far do I have to go to make you believe? I'm selling my content mm. before you even open a book that we don't have. Like before you even like do a worksheet, I'm selling it. Right. I am the front, like I am the advertisement of my content. If you don't have relationship with me, you don't have relationship with my content. A lot of students that we deal with struggle with math, not because they struggle with math, but they struggle with the teacher that's yeah. teaching the math. Right, right. So let me ask you both this question. Do you feel pressure as as uh, African-American teachers at this school, do you feel pressure, an additional pressure on you to mentor and pull kids along with you, get them to buy into your program? Do you feel like you're the face of, of black people for this school? Mm. Mm. We've, me and Johnson have had this conversation several times. Uh, yes, in short, yes, at least I do. I feel the pressure. But in the conversation that we had, Yes, um, I'm here for my black boys and girls. But at the end of the day, I'm here for everybody. Right. Absolutely. My culture, my personality, my authenticity, what I bring to the table can benefit everyone. Facts. We're not, I mean, we're talking about black kids, white kids, Hispanic kids who have never seen a black man in front of them. Right. Right. And I can attest to that because um, when, I, when I say that you're smooth, it's not because... 
I, I myself, I do think you're smooth, and I appreciate it. I would like to be that smooth, but nah, I, you got it, man. That ship has has sailed. Um, but I do see the way the kids interact with both of y'all. Mm-hmm. And when I mentioned, I mentioned that the new podcast that's going to come out tomorrow is going to be on Spotify and Apple iTunes and Google Podcasts as well as Anchor. So check it out. Um, I guess if they're listening to it, they've already checked it out. Come on, play. Um but they, when I told them Mr. Johnson and Mr. Moore were going to be on, oh, I want to check that out. I want to check mm. that out. So I feel like, and not only the kids, but a lot of our young teachers. Um, yeah. um, plus, you're two young, sexy dudes here, too. So we, <laughs> He's you know, um, I don't have that. I don't have that appeal. I'm old, you know. That. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> edit that out. Please, just kidding. No, you know, we, just kidding. we keep it real around. Yeah. Here. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're at uh, a, t- a period of time where I want to open the mic up to y'all. What do what do you want your audience, your students, your parents that you interact with? What do you want them to know? What I'm learning right now is what I when I started education, my whole goal was to change the way students receive and perceive education. I was irritated because every time you go into a room, it's a young man or someone else in the back of the room with their hair covered sleep. That's part of my responsibility. Education is power. I literally just posted this yesterday. Education is power, which means those that give it, it needs to be delivered in that same amount of power. We need to stop treating education as if it's not life. Mm. And a lot of times we think education is just eight to three, seven to three, And when we treat it like that, our students treat it like that. But when I teach it in a way that not only this will prepare you for your future, but it'll help you for your now, you will honor the education I give you. And going back to uh, relationships, if you don't even see the honor of it yet, you trust me enough to do it because you like me. Mm -hmm. And then in that relationship, you're doing it for me, but then you develop your own relationship with the content that you see the importance of the education that I'm giving you. And I really want those that are like teaching um, to understand this is a life game. This is, education is life. This matters. Hello, like education matters. It's not just the, we gotta stop treating it like that. Yeah. We got it. This is, I am teaching life because at this point, people aren't dying at 70 no more. Right. We found that out last week. Kids are dying at sixth grade, seventh grade, even elementary school. So what can I do that will make an impact that when you walk out of my classroom, you can use my content right now? Right. That's my responsibility. And like, even if I can go back to the culture piece of saying, uh, do I feel the responsibility of uh, being a black, I feel the pressure of being a black male educator? Yes, because it's only 2% of us. So while I'm here, I need to be given 100% while I'm here. One, two, I have a responsibility because some some other cultures don't feel comfortable correcting what some black students or students of color will do. So that is my responsibility to use what my background allows me to do to correct it. But also, it's also my responsibility to uh, produce myself in a way where every culture respects my culture. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So how how do we change uh, the paradigm of of having African-American male teachers? How do we change that? How do we get more into the profession? You know, we don't have enough 
male teachers. Mm, um, facts. And how do we how do we change getting more males and getting more black males involved? I think one of the changes is we always talk about pay, and I know what you say, pay is one thing, but that'll always be a thing right now. But my second thing is we're in a place where emergency hiring is a thing all over the place. So we have created a situation where people are worried about who's coming in the classroom. But what we should be looking at is, is the opportunity we have at the shifting of education right now. Because you have people that are already, they, they got to be hungry if they're coming into education to make an impact. Now, this is our time not to carry on the tradition of education, but change the way that new people are coming in and the way that they want to teach. As long as the students get the content and respect the structure, and if, as long as the, the teachers are acting accordingly, who cares on how they're teaching? Yeah. Or what they used to teach. We get so stuck in our traditions mm -hmm. that nobody wants to be here. Right. Because when people, when, especially young people, Young men, especially men, it's only so much we're going to take. Yeah. And it's, it's so, only so many boxes you're going to place over me that I can be myself. If we allow teachers to be themselves in their uniqueness, in their respective places, can you imagine the impact we'll have? Exactly. Some some people don't want to hop into education is because we so much red tape. And, to that, and I think to that point. A lot of black men don't want to become teachers because they had poor experiences as Facts. students. Yeah. They were yeah. Over, That's a big point. overly policed, you know, constant getting on them because they were trying to shape, form, mold their personality and not leveraging their personalities or their behaviors to their benefit. You know, not saying all kids are perfect, you right. know, um, but because a lot of black men have poor experiences as students, Facts. they don't want to be teachers. You know what I mean? Um, it's almost like trauma. That's, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. gigantic. You know, it's just like, I mean, just think about our demographic right now. I can't think of one of our black boys that would be like, yeah, I want to want to be a teacher. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just I can't think of one who would say that. And because of those poor experiences, they want to distance themselves from school. And sometimes they want to distance themselves from education Thanks. as far as possible. Yeah. Um, our administration has changed in the last two years, and now we're—I'm—at least for me. Um, do you feel the same freedom, uh, freedom with uh, who we have as—and we won't mention their names—but we're going to try to have them on next week. Um, do you feel a freedom to do what you want to do, to be you, and have some control over your classroom and how you're running and and accomplish your goals? I feel like now I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah. In short. Not gonna say that I've uh, never felt the freedom, right? <laughs> but, but I'm not afraid to ask now. <laughs> like, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. The desire has always been there. Yeah. And, you know, you you pushed the envelope a little bit, but you knew at certain times there okay, was a line. There were, yeah. <laughs> there, there were. Watch yourself. There was definitely a line, and uh, you know, we roll with the punches. We we do. But I do that. I do believe that freedom is there, but the freedom has to have a goal. Mm. Yeah, the freedom has to have a trajectory. Like, okay, I understand you want to do X, Y, and Z, but what is the end goal of yes. it? How does it support the vision, the culture that we've established at this school? If it cannot fit in the P O W E R, good, then we need not do it. If it does not add to expand, benefit our vision, then don't do it. And I think the vision is so, so like, I really feel like he has taken time to draw out every aspect of this vision because it not only gives me freedom as a teacher, 
I have, I've received power as a teacher because I feel like my admin supports me because the whole structure, it supports instruction, Bro. it supports uh, uh, classroom management, it supports, uh, okay, we're instructing you on how to teach, how teaching we want it to look like power. Right. But it also, it reaches every corner of our campus. It's when you have students, mm -hmm. when it's so tangible that it is their language now, you know your vision has like, has manifested and has become so tangible that it's moving. And it's only two weeks. And it's only two only weeks. Only two weeks. I told Johnson, I said, I've never seen such buy-in in such a short period of time. I feel a lot, of, a lot of times, not just in education, but anybody who is vision casting and setting goals and establishing a culture for whatever organization they work in, but we're limited to, to school, our context. Some principals, some admin, they have a vision with only the teachers in mind. Mm, right? That's good. Some have a vision with only the students in mind. We have a vision this year that takes in consideration the staff, the students, and the parents. Right. Like everybody can buy into this culture, this vision of power that we have established this year. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's buying in, but I feel like everybody has a responsibility. Absolutely. To it. Yeah. Everybody has a responsibility. There is a breakdown each letter. Mm -hmm. So if you're messing up, I know how to respond as a teacher, but I also have to check myself and say, did I use my power correctly in disciplining? Mm -hmm. But also we go back to calling the parent. What, how are you using? Like, it's like, Everybody has power. It's not just teacher heavy where they and the students aren't included. Like everybody has power. And some of us aren't used to being recognized with having power. Right. Exactly. I feel like at least in the seventh grade, and I think it's, it's, it's similar in some of the other grades that we check each other. Yeah. And we're making sure you're on board and you're pulling your weight with each other and you're going towards the same goal that we are yeah and now that i know you're not going to trash our admin we can say their names now <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was testing i knew you know i knew you we passed i knew you passed. <laughs> it's, it's mr kruthis and miss smith who are have got us so energized and, and got our, our school ready to roll yeah um we are just about out of time i got a minute left can you give us any final word from each, each of you um just continue to buy into what we're trying to do here at the park. I mean, I've been here four years, five years, not as long as some other people, but as far as vision is concerned, I've never seen it taken and being ran with in a week's time. This has been our second week, but even last week, he's going around asking these students, what does the P stand for? What does the O-W-E-R stand for? And these students are On it. giving it back to them mm -hmm. to the point where we have students who have now memorized the entire affirmation. Right. You know, it's just like it has weaved itself into the DNA of our school and it has benefited everyone from the staff to the students. That's an awesome way to put it. Exactly. Yeah. And I believe it just has me questioning every day. Uh, what am I doing with my power? Yeah. Because you can't sit under a vision that is so clear. It's so deep, but it's so easy to understand. Yeah. To carry that I can't sit under a vision and not teach. Like, if you gonna teach, teach. Yeah. Like, I can't say power and come through here with some weak instruction. And do you feel like every day you, you are thinking, how can I be better? It makes me I reflective. Be it is challenging. We literally were just talking about that today. I said, I got to plan more. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, if I'm requiring power from them, 
I have to challenge you have to bring them it every day. to bring that power out yeah. of them. So my question, and that's what I would leave, is like, what are you doing with your power? Exactly. Derek, that's beautiful. That's I appreciate y'all coming on the House of Power. And I know there's a lot of people that want to hear you two specifically speak. And uh, I am glad you're here. Thank you so Shout much. Shout out to Thank you God. in seventh grade in establishing this house yes. of power. Yes. Right. You saw he challenged every other grade yeah. level. Y'all yeah. need to come up with the. We're yeah. big on that. That was, uh, I just want you to know that was this guy. <laughs> Good job. Bro. I came up with it. <laughs> I love but it. The rest buddy. of the team has bought in and we're ready to roll. I Thank you it. for being here. Yes, I love sir. it.